You're listening to the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Alright, let's get to it. Welcome to another edition of the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Hope you all had a wonderful Christmas and to everyone, a very happy new year as to whenever you are listening to this. Uh, We are going to be doing a very fun special episode this week and just talk about the best of 2021. What a year it was for pro wrestling. A lot of good happened. A lot of bad happened, but we're going to focus more on the positive things that happened this year. We've had so many crazy things happen with with releases due to budget cuts, kids. Sorry. Good luck on your future endeavors and all that bullshit. And then we've had some great surprising things happen. You know, we had a lot of people debut in certain in a certain wrestling company. We've had a lot of wrestlers have fantastic matches and. Um, it's been a wild ride for pro wrestling, um, but first and foremost, I guess let's just kick things off with some, you know, just some of the best moments we've had in some of these debuts that we've had. Um, just, it's incredible to see how much talent had been released in, not just this year, but in the past two years from WWE, and how so many of those wrestlers have gone to AEW, just just to you know, to name a few, like most recently, with Kyle O'Reilly now in AEW, with him, Bobby Fish, and Adam Cole having that fun uh, six-man tag they had with the best friends, Orange Cassidy. Um, I really like that they acknowledge the history between O'Reilly and Cole and Fish, and and also how you know uh, Cole and O'Reilly aren't on the best terms and that they're not really sure if they can trust each other instead of just ignoring it and be like, oh, yeah, here we are. We're a team. I really enjoyed that, and I really liked it, and the match was fun. It was just great to see Red Dragon back together. Red Dragon, Redragon, Red Dragon. <laughs> just uh, so much fun to see those guys back in action. Uh, definitely want to see them with the AW Tag Straps someday, uh, someday soon. Um, it's going to be a fun time, and let's just kick things off with... Um, the best, uh, let's start with the best wrestlers of this year. Um, there's quite a few different wrestlers this year that you could argue as the best wrestler of the year. Um, a few people spring to mind, like uh, a lot of them from AEW for me, because I, I, I might come off as AEW biased in this episode of the podcast, and maybe I come off as AEW biased mostly most weeks, but that is the wrestling that I like to watch. That's the wrestling that I get to watch the most of, and that's the wrestling I enjoy the most. You know, it's I don't watch NXT 2.0. I, I uh, you know, a part of me went to die when NXT, the original NXT, not the original NXT, the game show, but the NXT we all knew and love was being rebranded. Um, you know, and. I just can't really get into Raw or SmackDown these days, other than a part of a few things here and there. Um, I won't be doing predictions for day one because I'm I'm I don't know if I'm even gonna watch that show. To be perfectly honest with you, you know, uh, you know, WWE apparently are no longer requiring COVID testing when COVID uh, cases are going running rampant again. But that's honestly, I'm not here to harp on that and get all crazy about that. 
But I will say, let's get back to these wrestlers. So there's a few guys, you know, that that pop up to, on this list. You know, you've probably been saying some of them. You know, some guys in this list to me pop up like uh, like MJF, Darby Allen, Eddie Kingston, just to name a few. There was a few guys who made the best of their situation. You know, uh, Adam Cole in his NXT and AEW run. Uh, you know, guys like uh, Walter is definitely up there. Uh, you know, just a few guys right there who did an, an incredible job. Uh, Finn Balor in his NXT run uh, earlier this year. There's a lot of guys and girls who made an impact. Charlotte is always up there as well, just regardless of how you feel about Charlotte. She did have a great year, so to speak. I mean, a, a good, decent year, I say, so to speak. She did win the title again a bunch of times. Um, so there's a lot of wrestlers there, but there's a few wrestlers I wanted to highlight here as who I felt had the best year of 2021. And I want to start off with Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Um, also with, uh, as far as likes Bianca Belair, I will talk about Bianca Belair a little later. I think she did a fantastic job and she, uh, and she is solidified as a top star now. Uh, but Dr. Britt Baker, um, I've been a fan of Britt Baker before she came to AEW. I don't mean to sound like one of those guys like, oh, I knew her before she was, but I did. I, I knew I knew her when she was in the Indies, just as Adam Cole's girlfriend, honestly. And she was, a, and she is a real dentist, as we all know by now. Um, but I remember, you know, I was excited when she came to AEW, and I wanted her to do more. But things were not clicking with her as a babyface at at the very first. At first, and then she turned heel in the beginning of, of last year, of, Ju- of of January of 2020. And I'm like, yeah, let, let's do that. Let's turn Britt Baker here, let, heel. Let's give her some character. And who'd have thunk she'd be one of the, the biggest names in the entire company. And she is currently the women's champion. She's held that championship since double or nothing this past year. And she's been rolling with it, man. She's been doing amazing work. She's... Pound for pound, the best, in my opinion, the best women's wrestler of the year. She is fantastic. She knows how to work in the ring. She is by far one of the best characters AEW has, along with MJF and you know guys like Orange Cassidy. Just, just from a character standpoint, she's top notch. And when CM Punk said, you know, just as the dig to MJF, that not realizing that Britt Baker. That she's replaced you as one of the four pillars, and uh, he's, yeah, I mean, you could you could label Britt Baker as a pillar of AEW. She has helped carry the women's division for so long when the women's division was getting so much shit, and she has helped elevate it. You know, uh, just Britt Baker. I think she will go on, continue to go on to do bigger and better things. Also, given the fact that we want to see Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker again in the future which I would feel at this point is going to be coming at double or nothing with now Mercedes Martinez de- debuting at AEW this past Wednesday night, uh, having a mi- probably having a little feud with uh, Thunder Rosa, and I say double or nothing. That's where Britt Baker has a year-long title reign, but everybody wants to see Rosa and Britt go at it once again. But Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, one of the best wrestlers of the year, best female wrestler of the year for me. And I don't have like 10 people on this particular list, uh, but I do have about 10 matches I will go through later. I have about, let's see, one, two, three, four, five wrestlers here. Five wrestlers who I think are the best wrestlers of this year. Coming in next, we have the Hangman himself, 
Hangman Adam Page, cowboy shit, the AEW world champion. Um, Hangman Page is a guy, again, you might forget just how good a wrestler he is. Well, not forget how good a wrestler he is, but he's been doing some amazing character work as, as well. Whereas AEW go to show that it's very important that wins and losses do matter, and every loss that Hangman Adam Page endured, it changed his character every single time. And... This story that Hangman Page has been on, really since the inception of AEW, that he wanted to be the AEW World Champion for, you know, for however long. Like, that was 2019, you know, like a two, two and a half year long story that the company's been telling with Hangman Page. You know, losing to Chris Jericho and, you know, going on to want to leave the Elite, but the Bucks won't let him. And then he goes on teams with Kenny Omega because they're kind of thrown together as a tag team. They're like, hey, we're really good as a tag team, so they won the tag team titles. They go to war with the Bucks at Revolution and then going on and so forth. And Paige and Omega breaking up as a tag team and then losing to Omega and, you you know, drinking all the time. The Dark Order taking him in and just... Leading to that match at full gear, you know, Hangman, uh, Kenny, and, and the Bucks eventually turning heel. Like, even the subtle things. Like, for, for those of you who might not remember, when the Bucks won the tag team titles, Kenny went out to celebrate with him. And who did you see in the tunnel across the way? It was Hangman Page. He was in the tunnel just watching them as his former best friends have won all their matches and he's left with nobody. Um, the Dark Order became friends with Hangman Page and wanted to him to uh, be his friend and he couldn't accept it and he just everything that they did with hangman page was excellent and damn near perfect as a story building and the matches he's had this year which we'll get into in a little while later i think page page is the most over guy in AEW at the moment and he is pound for pound going to have an amazing 2022 leading into his first match of 2022 being Brian Danielson versus Hangman Page for the world title uh, for the first episode of TBS, which myself and my girlfriend and my forever co-host Sean McChesney will be going to next Wednesday. So I'll be sure to give an in-depth review of that show after I uh, when I uh, go see it. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it will be a lot of fun. But Hangman Page uh, just has been one of my favorite wrestlers in AEW uh, for the past this past year and the past few years. And... Uh, I think he deserves credit where credit is due, and I'm sure we'll see much, much more from him in the future. But moving on to number three, Roman Reigns. Spoiler alert, Roman Reigns is the only WWE wrestler I have on this list because, quite frankly, Roman Reigns is the best wrestler WWE has today. And that is not a knock on any other wrestlers that I'm a fan of in WWE. It's not a knock on guys like AJ Styles or Drew McIntyre or Tommaso Ciampa, or anything like that, but pound, excuse me, pound for pound, Roman Reigns has been the best thing in the company since he came back last year. He has elevated that Universal Championship, and he's made it the championship worth fighting for more than anything else. Every match he has, you know, he's taken to his limits, but he just, he just dominates, and he just keeps winning every match he's in, and I'm intrigued by this this match he has with Brock Lesnar, even though I, he's probably going to win. Um, everything with Roman, character work, his promos have got you know everything. You know, having the Usos by his side. Uh, just the only issue with Roman is that every match he's in, you kind of feel like he's just 
Like, he's not going to lose. Doesn't matter what's going to happen. He's not going to lose a match because he's Roman Reigns. And no one can come up to his level. And I think that's the big downside to Roman Reigns is that we don't know who will beat him. We don't know if WWE have a plan to have someone beat him in the, win in the future. But I, uh, but he's pound for pound the best uh, in WWE. You know, some of the matches he's had was as far as like him and Daniel Bryan. In my opinion, the best match of the pandemic era, him and Daniel Bryan, loser leaves the WWE. I think it was if Bryan lost, he had to leave WWE, which he eventually did actually. Him versus Cesaro. Uh, we'll get to more of my favorite Roman matches later on because one does appear here. Uh, I just. Roman Reigns has elevated that Universal Championship. I think he's going to hold on to it forever. And honestly, I don't know who could beat him for it. Maybe Braun Breaker down NXT. But other than that, really, there's nobody who's on his level right now. That's a great thing, but it's also a bad thing as far as the future of the company goes. But moving on to number two, Brian Danielson. Now, you could argue that Brian Danielson probably already is the best wrestler in the world. And you know what? I will talk about my number my number one too, Kenny Omega. I'll let you guys decide out of these two guys which one is the best wrestler in the world today. And you could say Brian Danielson because just about every match he has is almost better than the last. Just about every single one he has, and I feel like he is really able to be himself, really able to wrestle the style he wants to. You know. I think we've forgotten how good he was, you know, from his past in Ring of Honor and the independent scene, where he kind of had to wrestle a different style in WWE. Not that he couldn't do it, he was very successful in WWE. Uh, but I think we all forgotten just how fucking good Brian Danielson is. I think some of us may have. I know I did. But honestly, I would say that. Danielson and Omega, if whoever you say is the best, I would not argue with it. If you say Brian Danielson's the best wrestler of 2021, the best wrestler in the world, I I wouldn't argue against it. If you say Kenny Omega is the best wrestler in the world, I would not argue against it because again, both these guys have a claim for that. The matches that Omega has had, which we will get into, spoiler alert for my for my for my best wrestling matches of the year, Kenny Omega and Brian Danielson show up a lot they show up a lot it's a lot of them so that goes to show you who the best like either one of those guys can be considered the best their match they had grand slam first match of brian's brian's in uh day in, in aew and he faces kenny omega you know uh it's it's there's so much that has going on gone on this year um but if i had to do a flip i, I would have to say um probably it's tough, man. That's why I have them here at two and one. But either one, I, I wasn't really sure where to place them. But you guys decide. You guys decide. Is your number one Brian Danielson? Is your number two Kenny Omega? Or is your number two Kenny Omega and your number one Brian Danielson? You decide. Because uh, I can't. And that's what's fun about all this. And let's get into uh, what I. Uh, let's go into two quick little categories. First, go to best shows of the year. Best shows of the year for me. Again, might seem a little AEW biased, but. I have three here. Full Gear, Grand Slam, All Out. Full Gear, I mean, had to put it in there. It's a good show. Um, although AEW seriously needs to reconsider their deal with Bleacher Report Live, and they need to get Bleacher Report Live needs to get their shit together with their Amazon Stick Fire Stick streaming service app because I missed almost the entire show. I missed like an hour of the show 
because I had to scour through the internet until someone says like, oh yeah, on Twitter going, oh yeah, if you have a laptop, you can, uh, and if you have an HDMI cable, you can watch it. It's 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 okay. It's good quality, not great quality, but it's good good enough to watch. And I'm like, you saved me, man. You saved me. And those assholes of Bleacher Report, just like, oh, we're very sorry for your, email me the next day. Oh, we're very sorry for your convenience. The show is on replay, so you can watch it now. Thank you. Have a good day. Those motherfuckers. They don't want to give me, I'm like, give me my fucking money back because your streaming service sucks. It fucking sucks. Anyway, but we're not here to talk about that. <laughs> Overall, rewatching the whole show, it's uh, it's a fun show, man. It's a, it is a great show. Darby Allen versus MJF and uh, Page versus Omega, uh, uh, Punk versus uh, Eddie Kingston. Uh, it's a fun show. Uh, and then AW Grand Slam because I was there. I was there for AW Grand Slam, and from top to bottom, that whole show was so much fun. Um, the rampage after I only stayed up until Sean and I sang Judas, uh, because I had work the next day. As much as I would have loved to have seen Moxley and Kingston versus Lance Archer and Minoru Suzuki, and I and I've only seen Minoru Suzuki wrestle once, and that was like in a battle royal uh, at MSG. I think like it was. I think it was. I don't remember what Suzuki did that night. I would have loved to have seen that, but I couldn't. I couldn't go, I couldn't go uh, watch the rest of that show because I work the next day. But if we're just talking about AEW Grand Slams with a two-hour dynamite, that was a fun show, dude. It was a lot of fun. Opening with Omega and Brian, having the Punk promo, you know, FTR and, and Darby versus Darby Allen and Sting in a tag match. Fucking Sting, 62 fucking years old, wrestling a tag team match. Uh, I, I mean, it amazes me. He's he. Uh, Sting is like... like Wolverine, in a lot of sense, you know, that he just he just doesn't age, and he can keep going, um, you know. And then Ruby Soho and Brit, Doctor Brick Baker main event of the show in a pretty fun match. Um, Malachi and Cody was kind of all over the place, but it was fun. I enjoyed it a lot. Um, I I liked that match. Uh, the crowd hated MJF so much between him and Flying Brian Jr. Uh, I'm trying to remember what else was on that show. I can't remember so long ago, but AW Ransom was fun. It was the first of that kind in that arena setting. And then AW All Out, how can that not be show of the year? How can it not be show of the year with how well it was placed and everything? From the debuts, the matches, the card from top to bottom was fantastic. And some people call it the best, one of the best wrestling shows of all time. Definitely show of the year, comparing it to WrestleMania X7. And when I think back of like perfect wrestling cards, WrestleMania X7 to me is like the greatest wrestling show of all time. And All Out 2021 is right up there with how good it was. And if you've never seen, if you haven't seen All Out 2021, I I highly recommend you guys going to watch it. I mean, for those of you who have seen it, you probably know what I'm talking about already. And then going really quickly into uh, best moments of 2021. Uh... Bit of a twofer here, but Big E winning the Money in the Bank uh, briefcase and winning the uh, winning the title. Um, the Money in the Bank ladder match, a fun match. Um, they the first live show in a full capacity for crowds for WWE, and it was like, you know, we wanted we wanted Big E to win the the briefcase, and they just gave it to us. They gave we 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 told WWE we want something, and they said, sure, here you go. For once, they they did that, and when they do do that, it does feel really special. And I was really happy to see Biggie win. I remember doing the predictions. I predicted him to win. I wasn't sure if he would, but I just I just wanted him to win, and he did. And then 
he won the WWE title. And regardless if it was hot-shotted, it might have been roughly around the same time of All Out, but regardless of how you feel, the guy works hard, and he won the title. He had an amazing moment with New Day, and the guy deserves to be WWE champion. I just wish they weren't really making his championship such an afterthought at the moment. But, um, but yeah, there is that. I, uh, I love that moment, both those moments there. Uh, next is Adam Cole and Brian Danielson, and I guess you could say Ruby Soho and Minoru Suzuki as well, uh, debuting in AEW uh, at All Out, uh, but I would say mostly Cole and Danielson. Uh, that that moment was amazing, <laughs> to, to say the least. It was, uh, it was an amazing moment for... Because I knew... There were reports circling forever that Brian was coming to AEW, and we weren't sure when. Originally, the reports are going around that he was going to be a part of the uh, the Queen show, the AEW Grand Slam show, but uh, they were worried that New York would put in more COVID restrictions. So then they said they want to move it up to All Out, and which is a good thing that they did. Um, and then meanwhile, we have Adam Cole's contract expiring in WWE, and we weren't sure where he was going. It's amazing because his situation was is that literally when his contract expired... They had about less than a week to put things together for him for his for his debut, and I think that was the one thing. It's like, oh, well, is Adam Cole gonna come? At Brian Danielson. I wasn't sure about Cole because he had just he just left, and I'm like, I don't know if he'll come in right away. Everybody was expecting Brian, and when the elite were out there and Kenny Omega saying, you know, like the only people who could beat us are you know they're no, they're not here or they are already dead. Little did I know that's a reference to when they killed Adam Cole and being the elite. And then the lights go out and you hear, you know it's all about that bomb. And like, I freaked the fuck out in my apartment. Like, oh shit. I was not expecting Adam Cole to show up. And when he did, I was like, oh my God. I freaked the fuck out. Immediately turning heel, super kicking Jungle Boy, joining the elite. And then Danielson came out, which I was expecting, but I was so happy for. I was like, they, they did it perfectly. They did it absolutely perfectly having them both debut in the same night and it's a lot of again a lot of times it's how you leave them and when you left them with the debuts of Adam Cole and Brian Danielson in AEW it it's picture perfect and there's no other way to put it um and then my number one moment of the year I if you've listened to this podcast or if you know me if you if like if you're a friend of mine and if you know me CM Punk returning to wrestling. CM Punk making his AEW debut in Chicago. And this was designed to be the worst kept secret in professional wrestling. You know, all the report, you know, Sean Ross Sapp had reported it. The hard teases they were giving from both Punk and AEW themselves. I was just, I was over the moon. And. It was heavily speculated. You know, it's like that's what everybody was wanting, you know? Like, I remember watching that show on that rampage, uh, just the whole crowd chanting CM Punk, CM Punk. And I'm just like, I'm like, he's, he's going to be here. He's got to be here. And he showed up, and I lost my mind again, like more so about than Danielson and Cole because this was like, you know, those were two guys jumping ship. Um. You know, and coming to AEW, but this one, this was a return home for CM Punk. Like, 
wrestling. He had the guy has had been gone from wrestling for years, years and like seven years. Um, it was just it, it it just felt right. Like you know, people cried and people were emotional and excited. I was I was full of emotions because CM Punk is quite possibly my favorite wrestler ever. He he, it's between him and Steve Austin, and Austin was the guy who got me into wrestling, and and Punk was the guy who brought me back in when I had fallen out of love of wrestling, and him coming down, the tears in his eyes, he was just he was happy, you know, it was actually, and and his promo that he cut, you know, it was like you know, wow, you guys really know how to make Brit a guy feel like Britt Baker in their hometown, and you know, just talking about, it, and he said like you know, and for those of you. Who said I was bitter? Well, you know I couldn't. Now, you know I couldn't. I'm trying to remember the line he said because it was so good in his promo that he um, something along the lines of, "Well, I couldn't get better in the place that was making me sick in the first place." Re- referencing to his how how toxic his time was in WWE, and it just felt right, man. He he had come home to wrestling, and he's actually and from what we've seen and what we've heard from r- reports, you know. He's actually really happy. He's really receptive of speaking with other talent. And backstage, he wasn't kept like a big secret. He was just walking around backstage. He was just walking around backstage, and he was just taking it all in. And he was saying hi to people. And it was it was an amazing moment. And by far, my favorite moment of 2021 is CM Punk returning to pro wrestling. And as much as great moments and who you want to see the, the best wrestler is, the best shows, on this podcast we have my definitive list of what I think are the my favorite, te- my top 10 favorite pro wrestling matches of 2021. Some honorable mentions here I'll get through real quickly. Pete Dunne versus Finn Balor at NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day. MJF versus Darby Allin at Full Gear. Walter versus Tommaso Ciampa at NXT TakeOver Stand and Deliver, and the Super Click versus Jurassic Express and Christian Cage at Full Gear. And at AW Rampage, because I was there. <laughs> anyway, uh, getting into the list. Coming to number 10, I have CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston. Um, personally, might have been my favorite match of uh, of the whole of the whole show as it is. Um, but it was very short. It was like eleven minutes. Like I, I didn't even realize it was like eleven, twelve minutes. But it fit was so fast paced, and it felt so real. And I love the the verbal jabs between Kingston and Punk and the promo they cut prior to this. Only this having like maybe like a two or three week build, less than that. And they did an amazing job, like making it feel like all oh, these guys are in a shoot. And it was a lot of fun, you know, just before the bell even rings, like Kingston getting that swinging uh, punch on Punk, knocking Punk down, and the referee checking on him, and he's flipping off Kingston, and they just go at it, dude. It was such a great match, and um, I loved it so much. It was so much fun. Um, some people might say, wow, you put Darby Allen and MJF at, uh, in an honorable mention, and you put Punk and Eddie Kingston in your top 10? Well, yeah, because it's my top 10, and if you liked MJF versus Darby Allen, that's fine. That match was great, but I was just saying how much I love CM Punk. CM Punk's my favorite wrestler. So, obviously, I'm going to put... if he had a, and, and and this is CM Punk's best match of, of his return to wrestling so far. This is by far his best match. Um, he The story they're telling with Punk right now is that he's 
he's kind of lost it a bit. He's he's got some ring rust, and, uh, and that's a fine story to tell because you know seven years away from the ring, he's not going to be the best in the world anymore. But it's going to take some time to get there. Next at number nine, Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker in the Lights Out match. This match was insane, and it's the most brutal match I've ever seen two women have. Thunder Rosa may have won the match, but everybody was talking about Britt Baker in this. Like Britt Baker, this, like this. If you weren't convinced that Britt Baker was a star, like this is a star-making performance right here, and she, I mean, she was she was bleeding so much, and I was just amazed how how hard these women went after each other, and the things they did in this match, you know. If I remember correctly, they're probably I, I, they're probably thumbtacks. It's been a while since I've watched it, but you know, uh, you know, the bleeding, the the weapons, everything just was so well done. And it's because this match was so well done that they haven't, you know, people want Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa again. And I think them being so patient, AEW that is, and not giving us that match right away is really well done because we still want to see Rosa versus Britt Baker. And I guarantee we will get Britt Baker versus Thunder Rosa at double or nothing. And ba- ba- uh, Rosa will probably win the title from Baker at this point. You know, it, it would be nice. Coming in at number eight, Bianca Belair versus Sasha Banks, the main event of WrestleMania 37, night one. The SmackDown Women's Championship. Um, The main event matches to me were the best matches at WrestleMania, um, which hasn't happened in a long time for me. Like I have not thought the main event of WrestleMania was the best match in a very long time for most WrestleManias. But I think a big significance here is um, the fact that it's not just two women, but it's two African-American, two black women main eventing WrestleMania for a champ for a top championship. And although they were both emotional in the beginning, um, you know, it, that didn't really bother me. It bothers some people. Jim Cornette, probably. Um, I felt this match was good. Really hard hitting. And it solidified Bianca Belair as a star. And I just loved it so much. Uh, I mean, just the, the main thing from this match that I think about every time is that whip from Bianca to Sasha Banks before she hit the KOD and winning the match. I mean... It's. I think the hair whip has been used sparingly, so when Bianca does go for it, it's a huge deal. Because I remember that was the first thing I saw of Bianca Belair when she first emerged in WWE. Excuse me for the Mae Young Classic. Um, she used that thing. It's like God damn. And if I remember correctly. Sasha was bleeding in her stomach. Like, she had a, 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 a scratch on her stomach after Bianca whipped the shit out of her. Um, both women are technically sound. They're excellent in the ring. They have incredible chemistry. And this match proved that, you know, th- th- this is, in my opinion, this is what a main event, a women's main event should look like. And this is really what it should have been. It was what it was. The build might have not been all that great, but they they made up for it in the ring and in the match. And this wasn't a mess of booking as far as like over the top, 
But this is what should have happened as far as like letting just women go in there, have a match, and perform for the main event. Unlike the the dumpster fire that we got for for WrestleMania 35, which was Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair, and Ronda Rousey, didn't need to be all three of them. It just needed to be Ronda and Becky. But who the hell knows whenever we'll see that match, if we'll ever see that match ever happen again. Well, whatever. Anyway, moving on to number seven. Kenny Omega versus Pac versus Orange Cassidy at Double or Nothing. Now, when I watched this match, I was... A big thing with Kenny Omega and Roman Reigns as a comparison for those two is that we're not really... One, we're not really sure when when Roman's going to lose the title. But we were all pretty sure, we were all very sure that Kenny Omega was going to lose the title to Hangman Page. We just weren't exactly sure as to when. But in this match, if you watch this, you can't convince me otherwise that Orange Cassidy was going to win the AEW Championship. I was fully convinced that Cassidy was walking out of Double or Nothing as the champion in this match. And they got me, man. I like I went in. I'm like, oh, Omega's gonna win. It's gonna be an edge. I'm like, ah, it should be a fun match. It was incredible. It was absolutely incredible. And I totally got worked by them. I, I totally got worked by AEW. And I'm glad I did. I love having my, you know, you, you know, being on the edge of my seat and and thinking I know who was gonna win, but really I don't. So I love the match so much. I had so much fun watching this. Um it, I'm still like yearning for a Cassidy versus Omega singles match. If that match has happened in AEW and if I, I've just completely dismissed it, my apologies, but I don't think they've had it in AEW as of yet. And I want to see it with Omega as the heel and Cassidy still as the baby face, obviously. But, you know, I, I just think it could work. I, I love Orange Cassidy and pairing him with anybody really works for me. You know, having him with such a serious, I mean, him and Pac had a great match at Revolution 2020, and I think just him and Omega could step it up a notch. I really wanted it to be a singles match, but I love the match either way. Pac was fantastic. Omega, obviously fantastic. This match was my favorite from Double or Nothing, and it won't be the last time we see at least one of these guys in this top ten. Coming in, here we go. Number six. Minoru Suzuki versus Brian Danielson on the AEW Rampage buy-in on YouTube. This was not a pay-per-view match. This was not even a televised match on cable TV. This was free on YouTube. So if if you don't have cable, if you can't watch Dynamite week to week or Rampage week to week, you can go on YouTube, search this this match, and it's here. AEW gave that to us for free, and it's amazing how like this is when like people are just like holy shit, Danielson is like the man, dude. He's so good. Like it's like I say it all the time. Like whenever I watch a Brian Danielson match, I feel like he goes to his opponent and says, "You need to make sure my chest is beat red." before this match is over. And that's what Danielson's chest looked like in this match. Like, working with a guy, a stiff guy like Minoru Suzuki, these guys just beat the shit out of each other. The crowd was into it. It was fantastic. And one of my favorite parts of the match wasn't even the match itself. It was Taz on commentary going, 
I'm so if you're watching if you're watching television and if you're watching television instead of this match, I'm sorry. You're a freaking idiot. This is incredible. You know, pointing jabs because this was the time when like, you know, WWE and AEW were going head to head technically at this exact same time and that's why AEW did this. Danielson uh, is no stranger to this list and We'll see him more, but this this match right here, man, Minoru Suzuki, Brian Danielson, they beat the fuck out of each other, and just seeing an old, angry old man, and crazy angry old man in Minoru Suzuki, just going after Brian Danielson, holding you in every which way you possibly can, kicking you, chopping you, slapping you, it was just, mwah, chef's kiss of brutality in this match and I loved it so much what more can you say about it just beating the fuck out of each other I like it when when wrestling matches can can have an element of looking real and when you like you know that's why I loved uh, CM Punk and Eddie Kingston so much and that's why I love this match I, I love like I love that and I love you know putting me on the edge of my seat and crazy acrobatics and stunts and stuff like that it was great but it's even better when it feels real like this. And then here we go. Coming in at number five. The top five people. At WrestleMania 37 once again. It is Roman Reigns versus Edge versus Daniel Bryan. Oh, hello, Daniel Bryan slash Bryan Danielson. It's good to see you again on this list. Um, going into this, into this WrestleMania, I think Bryan brought a lot of intrigue into the main event. Um, would Edge versus Roman Reigns be a great main event match for a WrestleMania? Absolutely. But Brian getting involved just made the story that much better, made the build that much better for me. Like, this was the the best main roster WWE match, in my opinion. I loved it the most. It was my favorite match to come out of Mania. And just the inclusion of Brian, Edge kind of being a bit of a tweener, in this rivalry, and I think we were all, at least we were convinced that, you know, Roman could lose the title, I actually predicted, I thought Brian was going to win the title, and I thought he could go on one last world championship, at least give him a decent world championship reign as a babyface before he wanted to retire, because he doesn't have that many years left, and this just added so much, like, 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 I remember tweeting that night, the, the things were just right that you know hearing edge's theme song in front of a uh, in front of a crowd again you know a, a live yes chant again remember this is like when before wrestlemania was going on we were still in the thunderdome era of we with these shows and then we had roman reigns coming out being booed for being a heel and the way he was getting into it with the fans they're they're chanting at him they're screaming they're yelling at him and he's getting and he's like and he's going back at it right with them like i was saying to myself when i'm watching them like how long has he been wanting to do this how long has he been wanting to get in these fans faces when they're saying oh you can't wrestle you can't do this you're not like i'm just imagine how long he's been wanting to get in their faces and just troll the shit out of them and like, just be a heel, and that's what Roman got to do that night at Mania, and even, like, the intrigue of, like, him possibly losing, the spot where 
Daniel, uh, where Daniel Bryan and Edge had him in a cross face, and they were just going back, like like beating the shit out of him, and not even noticing Roman was was tapping. He was tapping that whole time, and uh, and Roman going in saying saying exactly what he was going to do: stack him, one, two, three, and that's what he did. He stacked Danielson and Edge to win the match and retain the Universal Championship. Would I have liked it if Brian won? Absolutely. But this match was nothing short of fantastic. My fa- my favorite main roster WWE match, but not my favorite WWE match this year. Because coming in at number four, Ilya Dragunov versus the Ring General Volta for the NXT UK Championship at NXT TakeOver 36. Man... This was the swan song for NXT. This was the nail in the coffin. This was the goodbye. This was thank you for being there for me. Thank you for making me fall in love with pro wrestling all over again. Thank you for everything. Leave the memories alone. This match, again, like similar to Minoru Suzuki and Brian Danielson, hard hitting. Beat two guys going in there. Beating the absolute piss out of each other just for to, for the sake of a great match. And these guys had an amazing match last year in the, you know, the no crowd era, which was one of my favorites last year, Volta versus Ilya Dragunov. And the no crowd aspect almost made it better. But this, oh God, this was incredible. Like, just the brutality of this. Walter's chops. Ilya Dragunov just standing just as the resilient, valiant babyface. Just these guys. Like, what's one thing they could have done to 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 up up the ante of their match from last year? Do it a year later with a full capacity crowd in the CWC and have Ilya Dragunov win the title with a fucking sleeper hold, a fucking sleeper hold, and he wins. He's able to topple Walter, this this undefeated monster of a champion in WWE. The longest reigning champion, I think, in the modern era of any championship they've ha- they've had re- as of late. You know, it's it was a beautifully well-told story. It was an amazing match. It was again, to me it was saying goodbye to the NXT of old. When bringing in the NXT of two NXT 2.0, I love this match. It was incredible, and it makes me a little sad because we're not gonna get. I just think we're not gonna get wrestling like that in NXT anymore. Unfortunately, love the match. Leave the memories alone. Coming in at number three, Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega at Full Gear. Now I put this higher. Punk and Kingston might have been more of my probably more of my favorite match from Full Gear. I put this higher because of the long-term story we were telling with Hangman Page. Again, nearly a two-year uh a two-year build to this match where we were wanting this so much where we were having like we wanted this so badly and he won. And I think there's definitely room for a rematch because Kenny never hit the one-winged angel on Hangman for him to get for Hangman to kick out of it. Hangman did it on Kenny and Kenny kicked out of it. Which was fine, but 
overall, this was this was more leading to the moment rather than necessarily the match, even though the match was very good. Um, I liked it a lot. I, I loved the moment of him winning. And then just the subtle storytelling of Hangman Page getting the recognition and the acknowledgement of the Bucks to come in and say, yeah, you got it. You got this. And hitting the Buckshot Lariat, I think two Buckshot Lariats on Kenny Omega to win the match. And the Dark Order coming in, offering him a beer, throws the beer away, gives them a hug, and they hoist him on his shoulders, Hangman Page being the world champion. But there are a few other matches we need to get into. And I will say, I fucked up my list because there's one more match I forgot about this. So instead of a top 10, it's a top 11. So next, we'll go into this one. The Young Bucks versus the Lucha Bros. Every other number you thought it was, just take one back. <laughs> so, Young Bucks versus Lucha Bros at All Out. Probably, maybe their best match they've ever had. Um, these two teams, whenever they get in the ring, they up the ante of whatever the hell they were doing. And these guys, you pretty much strip the Bucks and Lucha Bros of what they're great at, and that's high-flying in-ring action, fast-paced reaction, and false finishes. And you took that away from them. You took away from them doing their hot tags. You took you took that away from them. And then they you stripped down and they adapted to a steel cage, which was fucking amazing. You know, at one point when you thought the Bucks were going to win, and, and I think it was, whether it was Phoenix or Penta who was being pinned, I think it might have been Phoenix who was saving Penta, just out of nowhere comes in and saves uh, his brother. Um... The 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 thumbtacks on the Air Jordans with the super kicks that apparently made headlines everywhere because those shoes apparently cost like three thousand dollars. And a coworker of mine is like, "Yo, what was that wrestling thing? The, those two guys put put those those thumbtacks on those shoes. So that hurt my heart, man. There's like three thousand dollars those Jays. I'm like, I don't know. I just I just I'm not a sneaker guy, so I wouldn't fucking know. But the match is brutal." Match was fun. I loved it so much. Definitely the best match of all out, and maybe the best match Lucha Bros and Young Bucks have ever had. Uh, definitely go watch it if you haven't. So now we'll go into the the number two I have here: Hangman Page versus Brian Danielson. Winter is coming. Um, now I will say I didn't get to watch this match live. Because I was working on my other podcast, Fan Speculation, in hype because Spider-Man No Way Home was coming out. And my, me and my co-host Vinny and our, our unofficial third co-host, Andreas, were talking about the movie. And Sean was texting me the entire time. I'm like, they're opening with Danielson and Paige. I'm like, oh shit, my god damn. I thought they were going to make an event with that. And then they went a whole fucking hour to a draw. What? <laughs> Like some people saying like the picture in picture, like even watching that I couldn't get picture in picture because I had to watch on the TNT app. I had to watch on the TNT app and it was like, you know, the commercials were there. So I didn't see the picture in picture stuff. But overall, though, this fucking match happening on live TV for free an hour, they go to a draw only makes you want it more. And with the, the rematch coming up very soon, it could be a match of the year contender with just the beginning of the year. Um I was like fucking hell like these like these guys just they, they Paige and Brian had a much better match I think than Paige and Omega um 
So maybe Danielson is the best wrestler in the world <laughs> because uh, it was just so much happened in this match. You know, I think uh, I think it was Brian who went through a table. It was Paige went through a table. Uh, just the chops, the kicks, the uh, the dead eye, the the pile drivers, the 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 fucking the stretching, everything. This match and just and it to go an hour and a draw. Just to me, if a match is that good, as good as this. A, 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 a draw doesn't bother me. What does bother me are, are disqualifications and count-out finishes. I hate disqualification and count-out finishes because WWE has made me like used to them. When I see time limit draws, I don't mind it because I don't see them that often. And it's a great way to protect either guy without either one of them making look make them look stupid. They went through a brawl. They went through a war. And neither guy could beat the other. Even though Paige was that close to beating Omega. I mean to beating Danielson. But overall, amazing match. Great match. And now the number one. My apologies for fucking up this list in the first place. But my number one, if you haven't figured it out... Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson, AEW Grand Slam. Why was this a better match for me than Danielson versus uh, Paige? I'll tell you why. Because I was there. I was there for Grand Slam. I loved this match so much. A first time ever in AEW. Uh, not a first time ever wrestling match because Paige, uh, 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 sorry, Danielson and Omega have met before in the past. But... To see where both these guys are now in their careers, what they have accomplished. Danielson's uh, amazing ROH career to his WWE career to Kenny Omega having this amazing run in New Japan, leader of the Bullet Club, chasing the IWGP Championship, winning the uh, G1 tournament, main eventing Wrestle Kingdom multiple times. Just all these, the best bout machine. Two guys who have been considered the two best wrestlers in the world. Well, let's put that to the test. While it was a 30-minute match and they went to a time limit draw, again, it left you wanting more. Ryan Danielson having his first match in AEW with Kenny Omega, who was the world champion at the time, was just an exhibition, not for the world title. And in my opinion, the match he had, first match coming in into AEW, was the best match of 2021 for me. And those and that is what I think of this year. That those are my favorite moments, my favorite wrestlers, my favorite matches. What did you think was the best match, your favorite wrestler, your favorite show, favorite moment? Please let us know on Twitter at TNAWP and on Instagram at the Not Another Wrestling Podcast, all one word. Please follow us there on those social media platforms. And if you like what you see here, or like what you hear here, <laughs> uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at CJ underscore 1214 and on Instagram at CJ underscore 1293. Thank you guys all so much for listening to this episode of the Not Wrest- Wrestling Podcast. Hope you all have a wonderful, safe, happy new year into the new. Uh, hopefully, we have a much better year coming in 2022. More wrestling on the horizon it's going to be it should be best for all of us i wish you all the love and and happiness in the world thank you guys for listening it's it's always truly a pleasure for those of you who step in who who check in every week and listen to this podcast i appreciate every single one of you so thank you all so so much so for cj palmasano thank you all listening to this episode of the not in the wrestling podcast we'll see you all next time